Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Creed 3? I am, because after all, we we are the watchers of movies. I always feel like I, I had like a big idiotic smile on my face when I was like asking you the intro thing and yeah, that's it. You can hear your smile. Yeah, that's what I learned when I was working my phone job. That you can hear, oh yeah, hear a smile, yeah. Yep. Pam, listen. <laughs> Hello. Can you can't hear my smile now. <laughs> I'm, I've never smiled in my life, how dare you. Um, so, Mike is back. Mike's back. I'm back. Back again. Back to back weeks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's so very you guys, exciting. Did you guys go see the movie in theaters? No, I downloaded it and watched it on my phone. <laughs> I downloaded it from LimeWire. From LimeWire. It took, I'm a took 16 oh, hours. <laughs> and I watched it on my iPhone, laying in bed the first in time 45 minute spurts. <laughs> I watched mine on a Microsoft Zune. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, you guys are impressive. Such old technology. I'm surprised it's still working. It's still relevant <laughs> in this house. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I went Did to you? Uh, Phoenix Theater oh. in Grand Rapids. Um, Is it your first time going there? Yes. How was it? Was it, it was, as good as Celebration Cinema? Uh, yeah, I think so. Do um, they have heated seats? Yes. Oh, okay. Do they have the seats that go back, though, and you can rest your feet up? Recliners. They're all recliners. recliners. Thank you. That's the term I was thinking of. Every seat is a recliner. Oh, Every seat's are in pairs. They're called love seats, and they have a like a removable middle armrest. Oh, oh nice. And the walkways in front of each row of seats are like the size of a sidewalk. So even Good. if you're fully Good. reclined, there's like four or six feet of space in front of you for people to walk around so there's no like sneaking around people it's super spacious but i went at what 5 p.m yesterday on a weekday and i was the only one in the theater so i had a private screening yeah (laughs) it was like the one of maybe six people or something it was pretty small yeah and i don't know if I can talk about this now, or you want to wait until the movie, but I want to talk about the Dolby Atmos. I really uh, wanted to know. I really, really want to know what you thought of it because I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I have not Um, gone to Phoenix Theaters, and it's right nearby. So it's like. That's where I went to see it as well. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Samantha saw it first. Okay. And she told me that it's got this gimmick Dolby Atmos. And. she said the bass is like pretty heavy you could feel in the seats and i'm like all right well whatever you know and i I got got in phoenix theaters (laughs) i got in there and the john the first trailer was john wick i think john wick fun like that and (laughs) yeah number four is the new one it, I wasn't prepared for what the bass was actually going to be like. And in this trailer, <laughs> it was the bluntest, most in-your-face bullshit I've ever seen. And it was nonstop <laughs> rumbling the seat. It wasn't just like, oh, you can feel it a little bit. It was like rumbling, like point-blank lightning and thunder. And it, it kind of reminded me of my first car, which I think I mentioned on the uh, training day video was a, a 1980 Oldsmobile Tornado, and I I put a pair of 12 inch uh, subwoofers in the trunk with this gigantic Yamaha amplifier, and it was like that, which was intense. But when I was trying to like 
we're not playing at full volume. We're sh- trying to show off or something. And like in the driveway, I could rattle the the cookware in the kitchen with, <laughs> oh with the bass in the car. And it was so much like that. And I was thinking, if it's like this for the whole for Creed, this is going to be like distracting and unenjoyable. I think like it's so nonstop. Oh, and that makes it, me not want to go in that. Well, oh my gosh, chill out. Let us finish. <laughs> It wasn't like that for Creed. Okay. For Creed, it was more Jeez. understated. There was no subtlety in this John Wick trailer. Dropped. It was just nonstop blasting. Oh, okay. And, uh, <laughs> huh. but I still found myself distracted because I was trying to, while the movie is playing, I'm trying to work out in my head, how did, did they do this? Like, is it just really, really good sound system? Or is there something installed beneath the seating or in the seating? Because I, rem- I remember a while ago, you could get these gimmick seats at the theater that D-box. had... D-Box. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's had, right. I think, a subwoofer in this, like, under your ass and, like, speakers right behind Those kind your of ears. And there was, like, style, there was this joke. Yeah, like, that there was this thing where it was, like, Poverty D-Box was getting the seats behind the D-Box yeah, seats yeah. and you still got to, like, experience <laughs> some of the vibration and everything. It was probably more expensive and everyone was like, I'll it just was sit more in a regular seat. Yeah. Yeah, it was like three dollars more or something. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why they went out of yeah. So I was—that's what I was kind of thinking about while the trailers and movie was playing. Like, how is this being accomplished? And I actually looked into it a little bit today. I was on Dolby's website, and from what I can tell, they don't. There is no gimmickry to it in terms of like putting things under the seats or vibrating the seats. It's just pure like it's just raw power, and they have banks of like eighteen-inch subwoofers behind the screen, and it. Apparently, it all generates from that. So, wow. I was pretty impressed. Um, so, Dolby Atmos. It's it's it wasn't like anything I'd ever uh, heard or seen or felt before in a theater. I'm happy you said that because when I w- I went and saw it and I was sitting there and I while the trailers were on and I was like, it just like clicked and I was like, this does because you know you see like. St- stupid gimmick things at movie theaters and that try to set themselves apart and you just think it's all going to be the same. Right. But I was sitting there in the trailers and I was like, there's definitely, like, it's amped up. Like, these go to 11, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and, wow. I, and it definitely was different. And so I was really I was really hoping that you would say something like that instead of being like, I didn't really notice. <laughs> so... I, I You're like, wish. oh, okay, that's cool. I just have a, you just have a numb butt, I guess. It, I almost wish you hadn't mentioned it because I, I wonder. I think I would have been like, if I had, if I wasn't prepared for like, it what? at all. Yeah, that's exactly. what I was like. Like, You're like, oh my God, is there an earthquake like, going What did they do in this theater? It's the a, thing is. When I was, like, I think it has to be something with the sound because I was so excited to be in a theater that I laughed out loud during the Dungeons and Dragons trailer. So you know that there's something magical going on mm-hmm. that's not just Trying to think of the trailers I saw, and I'm like, now I'm like totally blanking. Because my adventure started with Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah. Oh, the incorrect theater. Yeah, so I'm walking in, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wow, this is a really weird trailer. I was like... Like a really long trailer, and it's him, and he's like in this gorgeous penthouse, and he's he's uh, drawing this girl that he sees on like a security screen, and uh, he's like shirtless, just wearing pants, and I was like, what is he doing? Is he just like hanging out? Like he just likes being a creep and drawing people, and then he's like pounding at this door, like trying to get this girl's attention. He's like, sweetie, sweetheart, darling, you know, and I'm like, what is happening? And when so is like, showing up? Yeah, and I was like, this is the weirdest trailer. This isn't even a trailer. It's just a scene. And so, 
And I thought it was weird earlier when I had walked in and I couldn't find my seat number. <laughs> You'd think mm-hmm. that uh, at first I would have connected. There wasn't a nope. corresponding seat? It was yeah, like... how was that? Wouldn't there be a D8 in I would any think theater? so, yeah. Well, so I sat in the, um, the handicap. I usually like to sit there just because it's like, it's close, but it's not too close. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. Um, so... No, there was like my there wasn't a corresponding like seat number, mm-hmm. and I was just like, huh, maybe I just read it wrong or something. So I just sat down, and Didn't I'm like, you look looking, at your ticket. Yeah, well, then I started looking at my ticket, and I was like, I'm in theater eight, and it's in theater thirteen. Okay, I'm watching another movie. I'm watching another movie. Okay, <laughs> you're doing that old theater hop trick. <laughs> and part of me was like, man, I really maybe I should just watch. I should just see this after I watch Creed. But oh yeah, double feature. I didn't end up doing that, but I I I kind of was like. I think by the end of Creed, I was, like, ready to go home and do, like, some of my own, like, stuff, you know, my own work stuff, whatever. Uh, So, but that was definitely an interesting experience where I was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) I was like, what kind of fucking trailer is this? And I think I will end up seeing that movie, though. I have to say, I am intrigued, you know? Willem Dafoe. Plus, I like him. I think he's a good actor, so... It'll be enlightening to see where that scene ends up in the in the context, yeah. Movie. Like you know, yeah. Because yeah. I looked it up on IMDb, and it's about a guy that's like a jewel thief, breaks into a penthouse, and he can't get out. But that's well, what's it called? All the information I know. I think it's called Inside. Mm. Let me look it up. But I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. That uh, reminds me, the wrong seat or can't find the seat reminds me. Last night, Samantha and I were talking generally about the, our theater experience, and she and when I told her I was the only one in the theater, she said, um, "Oh, you could have." Uh, tried out all the seats in the in the room Mm -hmm. and during the trailer i actually did get up and sit in a different seat as part of my test trying to figure out how is the the base working like this Uh, i I was trying to see like is it tied to my seat or like maybe they turn on seats that sell yeah Um, Mm. but it was the same which Mm. is in line with what i found on their website today so i I did a little bit of exploration and that kind of curiosity can really get at me even if i'm trying to watch a movie yeah no it's an experience for sure i uh it was it was a fun theater and uh i don't know mike if you were going to talk about this but wait where did you so by the way it is called inside but where did you guys sit like within the theater like did you sit close far away like where did you i was in row d which is kind of right in the middle okay Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were near the back. I went with my mom. She okay. wanted to see it, and she said, "I don't think your dad will want to go." So I said, <laughs> "I tried to get my mom to see it." With she me. was like, "I was like, do you want to go see Creed three with me?" She was like, "No." <laughs> like, okay. And my mom is uh, she's a treat to watch movies with because she like reacts to them, <laughs> and like when Creed was getting punched, she was like, "Oh, oh." <laughs> And I was and I was laughing, and then she leaned over to me at one point, and she was like, "Did he send that guy to the party?" And I was like, "I don't oh, know." <laughs> she always asks me questions, and I always say, "I'm watching the same I, thing." We're watching just thing. as much as you, mom. But uh, my mom does the same thing. She's like, "What is going to happen in the scene?" I was yeah. like, I, I, "We started the same movie at the same time, right? We're sitting here, right? Okay." Like, I love you, but she mom. always. Buys- I don't know. Candy, which I never do, so that's the novelty. Oh, nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and they have real tickets at Phoenix Theaters. Oh, yeah. Like real ticket stuff. Oh. Celebration has those 
lame receipts yeah yeah and i i've always hated those receipts that you get because they're just like flimsy receipt paper they're not like a movie ticket but phoenix has real movie tickets that is kind of novel perforated cardstock Mm -hmm. um something they can tear in half but i i just walked past the ticket guy like i didn't even know i was looking at my ticket and didn't even know he was there and i walked past him and he just kind of went, huh? He didn't stop you? <laughs> no. Oh, man. So I got the full souvenir. Yeah. It's unripped. An unripped ticket for Creed sure, 3. I'm sure if you, like, ask them, if you're like, hey, I just want to keep this as, yeah, like, a souvenir, well, yeah. do you think you could just keep it whole, you know? But they would, unless they're like, I think, no. I honestly think ticket tearing is just a way to ensure everybody has a ticket. I think that's the only purpose of it, just so... There's I only like see it when it's physical super busy. to do. Yeah, I don't think that they. I don't think because when I were to the theater, we would just eventually dump the bucket that held the stubs in the trash. Yeah. You know, oh, it's yeah, not yeah. like a. It's just and something the, to make yeah, people stop. The guy saw me with a ticket in my yeah. hand, and there was no one else in there. So mm-hmm. yeah, cool. he was probably just like, meh, whatever. I'm gonna um, go scalp this later. <laughs> Creed three. <laughs> Creed three. Uh, yeah. So uh, I watched Rocky four. Ah. Mm-hmm. I did not like it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really cheesy. It was time. very painful to get through, I believe in my Mike opinion. I it was a cartoon. They, <laughs> yes. Um, they showed the robot, and I think I sent you a, uh, like a text that was approximately like, okay, don't like the robot. <laughs> Just so, say the art. I don't know. Happy it was, it was so, I was, I was like, uh, okay, so this movie's really bad, but it was interesting to watch the fight between Ivan Drogo and, and Creed. Ivan Drogo. Drogo. <laughs> Ivan Drago, my bad. <laughs> you both just cracked at the same time. Nice. Because <laughs> um, he freaking obliterated Creed. Like, just, I mean, it was like wailing on him. I was like, that was a really intense and he very him to the scary fri- fight. I almost said fright, but I mean, same. And same I, idea. I didn't mention this when we talked about it last week briefly, but I it, that fight was supposed to be an exhibition as well. It wasn't even supposed to be like a sanctioned fight for a championship or anything it was just supposed to be them sort of putting on a little show getting their names out there is that the fight where right drago drago is that the fight where apollo like dances to live oh my god it is so awful it's so awful you should watch the weird al music video for is it living with a hernia Mm -hmm. for living with a hernia you should watch it now that you've seen creed it was James Rocky Brown, Park. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, featured so, in the film. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's like dancing around, and I was like, I was like holding my hands over my face in like secondhand <laughs> embarrassment. I was like, I can't believe that they paid. Like, I was like, man, I hope you were paid a lot of money to do this because I am embarrassed for you right now. I, I did, I did not like it. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is very bad. <laughs> so I even Stallone's number one fan couldn't get past it yeah my am i his number one fan is that who you're calling me really i i mean i wouldn't maybe nah, no. you said you had like 18 of his no movies. i if i if i bought all the rocky movies i would but i oh. have like five i think i have all the expendables i have judge dread which is my favorite <laughs> that movie i might have demolition man so you think rocky four is stupid but judge dread is your favorite even though he's wearing that like i love judge weird dread. police costume <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't it doesn't have to make sense. Yeah, true, I, <laughs> I mean, well, you I and I have seen, uh, well, you and I have seen movies before, and we walk out of theater, and you're like, so that was the dumbest movie I've ever seen. And I was like, I loved that movie. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> I can't, it's not like I could have expected you to see that and come back going, oh, it was awesome. Like, there was no way I, could, I would have predicted yeah. that. So, 
And I saw it when I was probably, I don't know, eight. Okay, yeah. So, so that's <laughs> that's a big difference. I could time. see liking it when you're eight because it's very flashy and like, you know, but mm-hmm. yeah, as a uh, 36 year old, I was like, <sighs> okay, why did I? Why did I start watching this? And then I just finished the whole thing. It was only an hour and a half long, so I was like, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, but I wanted to say that I saw it, and I was not impressed. <laughs> I was thoroughly unimpressed. I was like, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> so, anyway. Nice. I did want to talk about one thing. Mike mm-hmm. and I watched a movie called The Power of the Dog mm-hmm. this weekend with Benedict Cumberbatch oh. and Kirsten Dunst. I've never and heard I can't remember thing? his name and Look it's it gonna up. bother me. The Plemons. Jesse Plemons, is that his name? He's blonde? Yes. I think so. Anyway, it's uh it's a slow burn, but I thought about it for a few days. Like Wait, what's it called? Uh The Power of the Dog. It was an Oscar nominee last year. Um, and it's not a very fast paced movie or very exciting at all. And it's actually kind of strange, but it stayed with me. Like, I was still thinking about it even yesterday a little bit. And I even told my parents about it, which I hardly ever do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, Was it disturbing or something? Or No, it's just... I don't even know how to describe it, except... I would You wouldn't call it disturbing, would you, Mike? No. No, it's just... It's slow-paced... Um, it's very thoughtful. It's a quiet movie. It's a period piece. It's, yeah, it's set in like the 1920s. And um, it's it's a slow burn. And it just, it I don't know, it, at, after the movie, after, after everything is all said and done, I was like, oh, okay, that was worth watching. And Mike hmm. seemed to say something similar, if I recall. Yeah, I, um, I don't know, I don't want to give away anything but i i was sort of thinking it was going someplace um and i was wrong and i think they made a some really deliberate decisions that kind of threw me off the scent and i do like that it made it as long as it's written well it went up like multiple notches as soon as i realized what was happening mm-hmm. so that was hmm. cool and unexpected interesting yeah interesting. so holistically where was it where'd it's you watch on netflix it? okay it's been in my queue for probably <laughs> I don't a year. know, a, a year. Yeah, because like when God, it was getting I, all when it was getting so acclaimed, um, I thought, well, it's on Netflix, and I just I never played it. But we were just like, well, we could watch this. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah. So holistically, it's definitely worth watching. Um, but in part, like if you parcel it out as you were watching it, I like there were times when I was like, kind of like, okay, wh- what's going? This is meandering. This is weird. Uh, so I, I just, I don't know, I encourage people to watch it and hang in there. Yeah, we, we paused it a few times to talk about it. And I, I was really dismissive at one point of it. Like, I was kind of running it down. But then it proved me wrong. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you think the birds are going to be too loud? I was just thinking that. No, I think they're okay. Okay. It's nature I'm, sounds. Okay. Um, it's our music bed. Yeah. <laughs> it's what? It's our music bed. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> our music bed. Um interesting i might watch that that sounds i do like um i do like movies that kind of tend to stay with you you know especially i really like movies that make me feel unsettled to be honest with you but yeah like it's like when you told me about the ballad of jack and rose and i was like so i'm gonna go see that (laughs) like i immediately like went out and bought it like the week after and you were like 
I just told you not to see it. And I was like, gonna watch it anyway. (laughs) So let's talk about the movie, shall we? Let's do it. All right. So what'd you guys think of Creed 3? You want to go? Okay. Um, Well, I overall, I think it's a pretty fun movie, and I liked it. Um, I think that there's some details that I have trouble with, because the movie started in 2002. Yeah. The movie said 15 years later, which would be 2017, he won the title. Um, and that disregards the timeline of Creed 2, which means which is when he won the title in 2018 against a different opponent and i was really confused but then the wikipedia page said in 2020 creed but i would bet money on the fact that it said 15 years later and the movie started in 2002 so that kind of bothers me um Hmm. i think you're right about those numbers but i just i don't remember what scene it brought us to 15 years later and i'm curious if it was before that it was in South Africa, and he was winning the title against Pretty Ricky Conlon. And From Creed One. Yes, and the announcers said something about uh, it was distract. It distracted me for maybe like the first fifteen minutes of the movie because the, the announcers were like, "Creed just won the w- World Heavyweight Championship," and they said something about it not having yeah, a different title. Was weird. And I was yeah. like, Are, "Is Creed Two? Does Creed Two not exist in this universe?" But then that that doesn't make sense because then, yeah. But so I thought that that was maybe like a weird attention to detail that somebody dropped the ball somewhere. And that really bothered me because he had won the title in 2018. So in the movie, when you're watching it, that scene takes place in 2017, according to their numbers. But even if it took place in 2020, according to Wikipedia's numbers, he won the championship two years before that against the stuntman, right? Wheeler, mm-hmm. so I maybe I'm missing something. I mean, they're smarter minds than me, and they're like living and breathing Creed. But I think that the timeline was messed up. Well, I I can't help here because if there's a, I know this kind of goes counter to what I was saying about the Dolby Atmos system and how distracted I was at how it worked. Uh, opposite of that, when it comes to timelines and movies, I kind of just let them wash over me and think me I'm too. not going to fucking worry about this because I. Um, I don't want to do any mental arithmetic, uh, for one. And for two, uh, I'll just, I, I can tell what's going on, you the know, thing is, and I just sort of let it, let it ride. I think if we hadn't just done the podcast on Creed 2, where I was talking about how old Drago is, and then I don't think it would have affected me because I would have been like, 15 years later, awesome, he's winning the title. I might have still thought, like, didn't he win the title? Like, why is this? He won the title in the last one, so it's not like it's a new title for him. Anyway, uh, but I think the movie was pretty good. It was a more of a return to form than Creed 2 was, and that impressed me. And I thought it was intense. Like, as soon as Dame came back into his life, I was on edge. Like, I almost couldn't enjoy the movie. I couldn't, like, you know how yeah, I, I was just it. tense because I was just waiting for whatever bad was going to happen to happen. And in that regard, I think they did a really good job. And I think there's some aspects of the movie that I I really enjoyed. And then there's some other aspects where I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. But overall, I thought it was pretty fun and entertaining. And I thought it was a pretty good boxing movie-ish. It was about Creed the, like, promoter more than Creed the boxer. But 
I still boxing. I still I thought it was was pretty fun. So yeah. How about so I saw? I think it's very kind of funny. Well, I mean, I know he's obviously an actor, but Jonathan Majors, who plays Damien, um, he was I was watching an interview where the the interviewer was telling him about how one of his favorite movies which is Homeward Bound which I was like okay adorable first of all um that there's like a theory that the golden retriever in it like dies at the end and like he's seeing his like family in heaven and you can see Jonathan Major's face just like drop like just get soft and like sad and like he was like actually I think that's really beautiful but I was like what a difference between I mean obviously he's an actor but it was just like that appreciation that just that difference between like him as a person versus him as an actor made me go like, wow, this guy's got some talent, and it was it was just cool. It was cool seeing that. You know, what I, I actually mean? yeah, I saw a deleted <laughs> scene though where he was talking to Creed about his favorite movie, Homeward Bound, mm-hmm. and Creed said, "There's a theory that the Golden Retriever dies at the end." And Dame, wait, you saw a deleted scene of that? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw it on YouTube. Oh, and Dame was like crushed, like really sad. I feel like you're making this up right now. Are you Napoleon cooking me? <laughs> I couldn't stop. I, like, my lips started turning up against my will, and I couldn't stop smiling. <laughs> you're such a brat. You always do this to me. <laughs> she does it to me because she knows she can get away with it. That's well, why. <laughs> you gave me an alley-oop. Mike, what did you think of I was of like, mm, <laughs> I don't think so. I wanted to believe you because you're my friend. But, unless I was like, You can't make to. me feel guilty. <laughs> Okay. Doesn't work. Whatever. What did you think? I trusted Mike? you. And it's fine. <laughs> uh, I liked it. Um, I thought it was pretty good, entertaining. I agree with what you said about the tenseness. You can tell that something is going to go awry uh, the moment that Damien showed up uh, in Creed's life. Um, they had a tense first meeting outside of the gym. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Um, it's kind of a tall order because. Uh, Rocky was like a supporting character in Creed's one and two, and this is a departure, and I think it succeeded on that front. Like, what is a Creed movie without Rocky? And they, took, I still would have rather liked Rocky in it, but well, I was even thinking, even for like five minutes. You I know? was even thinking, mm-hmm. I don't know how well Rocky's character would fit into this movie because I, fe- I yeah. think this movie had a different vibe and feel to it, and. Maybe it's a paradox because maybe Rocky is what creates the different vibe. So if he were introduced, it it would just work. But it would it, the movie I think would be a lot feel a lot different with Rocky in it. So I I kind of feel like om- almost in a way like they took off uh, the Rocky training wheels and mm-hmm. let let Creed sort of soar off of the cliff. <laughs> yeah, and I think for the most part it was effective. Um, I just wish that they you had seen like even like a Zoom call between them. You know what I mean? Just like I, something where they're like, "Hey, bud, how's it going? I just want to check up on you." You know, that's it. I actually was glad that they didn't do something like that because mm-hmm. I thought if you would have been like, "Make your predictions. How are they going to mention why Rocky's not there?" I thought they were going to do the thing where it's like, "You know, you know, I can't call Rocky. He's enjoying living in Toronto with his son or whatever." Vancouver, and then Vancouver, I was, yeah. Vancouver. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All those Canadian cities. So um, I was glad that they didn't do that because that's so generic. But then I was also afraid that they were going to have like a phone call where he's like, hey, Rocky. And he's like, hey, Creed, I don't know how to use this video chat thing. You know, like, <laughs> I so totally see that. I think that it was better f- for just not 
anything. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, I guess I would have liked to see him interacting with the baby, you know, a little bit. She was like, a child. She was a baby. She was a baby. <laughs> Do you know what a she baby was six. is? Anyone under 10 is a baby, okay? And all cats. <laughs> and dogs, too. <laughs> Boy, dog lovers. Some dogs they're are all, old. They're all... They're old babies. Is what they are. <laughs> um, no, it, I was calling her the baby because she's five and I'm 36, so she's a baby to me. Um, but I was hoping that they would, like, I don't know, just have them interacting or something like that. That would I just, I really wanted Sylvester Stallone to be in it and I was disappointed that he wasn't. So, you know, and then I posted that video of me crying. You know, that was yeah. like a... <laughs> It was like a... A, a filter? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you did yeah, the no, like mascara the, like on your red. face. Oh, I did. I added more, but the red eyes were like, not me. What? Never mind. <laughs> well, I did make a yes, note. Yes, this answer your question, I guess. I did make two separate notes. <laughs> One is the the throwbacks this that Creed Three made to Rocky mm-hmm. without being totally overt by introducing Rocky as a character again. But I, I had a separate note that said no mention of Rocky. Like they did like, mention him very quickly, but I don't even remember the context. They mentioned remember, him. They, yeah, mentioned they mentioned him in the context quickly. of Apollo. The under yep, the underdog match, and I thought that was strange yeah. that they named him like they talked about him more like just a a boxing champion and not yeah. like a close personal like basically I family mean, member. He that's called him I, an uncle. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's yeah. why I didn't even think of that. I I get it now that you both said it, right. but I didn't. He, they had a tighter relationship than that. And yeah, that, well, it wasn't like done <clears throat> in a personable way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I thought it was just odd. I'm not saying they needed a Rocky scene. I just thought it was odd that he didn't seem to come up even in conversation. Yeah, um, I agree. I, I guess what Samantha's saying, they could have done something and it might have felt cheap. But it, to me, it also feels strange that like no one, it's like they don't know him. Right. That's the yeah. movie was like they don't even know Rocky. Right. It would have been nice. I think I would have liked maybe like Bianca saying maybe you should ask Rocky about this situation. He's never sued you wrong before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and maybe he just like since Creed spent a lot of the movie in the middle like blowing her off, he could have just blowed it off. You know, but yeah, I did think or, it was like, weird that he wasn't anything, talked about at all. Yeah, or or even anything after Marianne dies, which I had kind of qualms about that whole thing too. Yeah, I, I thought that was that could have been done better. Well, what did you think all. of the movie? <laughs> oh, that's right, I didn't say anything. Yeah, uh, I liked it. I liked it overall. Um, I wouldn't say I liked it as much as the first one. But uh, it was definitely better than the second one. So, you know, I left the theater going like, okay, all right, yeah, all right, that was that was fun. It was a fun little, little jaunt. Um, I don't think I got quite the feeling about Damien as quickly as you guys did. It was like, I was, because I think at first I was like, you know what, this is his buddy. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and think that maybe he's changed, although I know how fucked up prison can really make you. Um, but also, you know he's the antagonist Yeah, the yeah, true. Or his opponent, anyway. Just, his very demeanor was, like, yeah. like really shifty. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you that he wasn't kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, like, maybe I should stay away from this guy, but it really didn't start kind of clicking until they were, like, over at Creed's place and he was talking to him after like you know Bianca and and Amara had gone to bed or whatever and I was like this shit ain't right something's not right here and then you know Victor got attacked and immediately I was like this was a setup 
and I assumed that Damien was involved. I was correct on that. So um, after that, I was like, yeah, no, mm -mm, nope, don't trust this guy. Nope, do not. So I, I really, I think, like, I think part of me wanted to, wanted Damien to not be kind of a shifty guy. But again, as you guys said, he is the antagonist. So it's like, you know, got to have someone antagonize <laughs> right uh but yeah overall i i liked it yeah i enjoyed it i think it was a fun movie uh yeah. can i go through the little list of rocky throwbacks that they did include in this if not rocky yes. since we just talked about rocky i'll get this out of the way yeah do it i say that like it's a chore everybody's excited to hear this <laughs> um for one uh, like you just mentioned they they deliberately referenced uh remember the shot that apollo gave to rocky and that so that that plot idea is rehashed here the idea of the the ultimate underdog because that's what rocky the first rocky was all about right. it was like apollo's idea basically a publicity a publicity stunt um to give this the all-american under, underdog a chance against the champ and that's kind of how damien spun it to adonis and then adonis spun it to um felix felix who was the current world champion at the time so that's an interesting uh, throwback to the very first Rocky. Like that was the plot. Um, <clears throat> during the training montage, Adonis uh, is kind of shadow boxing, but at himself in the mirror, which was a technique that Rocky taught him in Creed, the first oh, Creed. Yeah. And like tells him that's your toughest opponent right there, mm -hmm. and when you jab, you, you either block it or or uh, or um, dodge it. So. He was kind of still using that technique. Um, he said to himself during the training montage, one step at a time, one punch at yeah. a time, one round at a time, which was a mantra that Rocky taught him, again, in Creed, which I liked. Mm -hmm. and, I did, too. Um, in the final fight against Damien, uh, they they played the, I don't know what it's called, but I, I wrote down the, the Rocky victory theme. Yeah, I noticed that as well. So I don't know if it was the knockdown or the, 10 count or the victory or whatever the bell ring but they played that song it was cool it's kind of the and so on yes and it's a, that's very nice whistling from the by very the way. i think that's also from the first rocky and mm -hmm. used throughout so they did definite throwbacks uh to rocky um in a way that made me feel like there's no it doesn't seem like there's bad blood here that's kind of what i was wondering when stallone wasn't involved in this like i wonder if there was a fallout and i didn't see evidence of that at least in like the skim of the wikipedia article i did so mm -hmm. if there was something else going on it was out of my out of my vision but they, i mean i think like sylvester stallone was filming king of tulsa at the time that's why he probably wasn't available but okay. did you know that this was michael b jordan's like premiere acting or I knew uh, he directing, directing. Yeah. i only knew he directed it because of the credits i did not Same know here. if he directed <laughs> other things so that's I, cool i i i read that i thought that that was i think he did a really good job for his his uh, directorial debut mm -hmm. i wondered actually so the first fight that they're showing in, in south africa there's like a scene where they like so the show the slow motion excuse me and i was wondering because i personally 
I don't love slow motion, but I really liked this slow motion because it was underused and I felt like it served a purpose versus like, you know, like Mulan was just so like Whoa. half of it was like slow motion and just because it was like a, just a terrible movie, you know? The slow motion but is showing him like, like robotically assessing his the weakness that he right. could exploit. Yeah. Right. Well, and then they show him like punching him, and you can see like the skin like rippling out. It's mm-hmm. real. I thought that was very cool, and I like that he did that. Um, again, normally I don't like that, but I think that, that was well done in this instance. Yeah, I agree. And I noticed they did it like maybe one other time in the film. I think during another, maybe the last fight scene. But either way, um, I I noticed it immediately, and I was like, okay, I appreciate the use of slow motion, you know, because. Again, there are worse directors out there, like the person who did Mulan. And, you know, it's just like, well, I don't have a plot. And the plot that I do have is garbage because I didn't follow the original Disney film. And so, whatever. Okay, you know, I'm just bitter about Disney. It's just like, whatever. You know, like, do not let me down with Little Mermaid. But I have no expectations, okay? (sighs) Well, yeah. Well, anyway. um, So, speaking of uh, him directing... I thought that the little girl who played Amara was a really good actress, mm-hmm. and um, I don't know if she's deaf in real life. Yeah, I, don't I know assume either. I kind of thought she might be, but I thought that she was—I um, don't know—like little kid actors can either tend to be like too cutesy or too robotic, and I thought that she I had agree. a lot of spirit, and I thought that it was really good casting, and I also um, wasn't necessarily. I'm glad that they didn't show a ton of shots of her, like, really training to be a boxer, but I liked that she was expressing an interest in being a boxer. Mm-hmm. And I thought was, it was really cute how he said, uh, Adonis said, was talking to her, and he was like, oh, Uncle Duke was showing you videos or something like that, because mm-hmm. it seemed like they had been, like, hiding his career almost from her, or mm-hmm. not, at least not letting her see his fights. Cause Understandable. It could be scary, yeah. yeah. But I just thought it was neat that it... The Duke, the trainer, is Uncle Duke to Amara. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was surprised that they um, even let her come to the last fight. I was like, I yeah. don't know if I well, would let my especially spiral child in here and took her out of the Felix fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, it's so like I, I guess if from my perspective, if I was Creed, I wouldn't want my child to box because it seems like it's kind of. I mean, you know, I don't maybe I'm horribly wrong, but it seems kind of like a thing that people flock towards it that don't have a lot of other options and it's like a you know, I mean maybe I'm wrong. But I guess I don't I actually don't know a lot about professional boxers. Yeah, but I, I don't it just it seems like to me like there's so much there's so much risk with like brain damage and stuff that it seems like the pe- the kind of people that might be drawn to it are maybe like people who are like really desperate to make a dollar or something, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm making an I, assumption I here. I don't know. I feel like I don't know. If, I mean, I think somebody like Creed in real life has a supreme athletic talent and skill. So I yeah. wouldn't say that he's a boxer to make a quick buck. Well, I, I would yeah, say I mean, that he obviously has a different. I mean, I kind of like the idea of her kind of following in his footsteps because a she's a woman yeah and b she's like a cute little girl so they didn't even paint her to be like this tough tomboy right she's just like a normal little girl 
and I thought that that was interesting that she could have an interest in a skill that early and maybe part of it's a genetic skill because her grandpa was a boxer her dad's a boxer you know that's right also yeah. it's, it's kind of it, I think it's pretty common for little kids assuming there's like a quality home life to almost idolize one or both of their parents yeah that's and, true um to take an interest in whatever they're doing you know like i was interested in doing some things when i was a kid like painting i wanted to help i remember wanting to help my dad paint a a, a bedroom just because i thought it's cool and mm-hmm. i wanted to do what he was doing and uh that never turned out to be like a big hobby of mine but i just <laughs> i was a little kid and i wanted to do what my dad was doing and and i yeah. think that's uh he happens to have an extraordinary career but she she's taking an interest in that well and also she wouldn't be interested in music because she can't hear you know so you know that's mm-hmm. that's she would never follow in bianca's footsteps because that just doesn't like mm-hmm. logically make sense you know um so uh oh i i thought that you, like what you said that she like the first scene we see her and Donnie together and he's wearing a, a dinosaur costume and I think it was a frog like a princess and the frog oh mm. yeah. I thought Either it was way. a dragon but yeah. I thought it was it a was dinosaur green, for sure. yeah, yeah and they were having like a tea party and I was like stop this is so cute <laughs> so I love that because that's like a traditionally you know like feminine kind of thing to want like a tea party versus like wanting to be a boxer is not traditionally feminine you know so yeah i gotta say um i don't particularly like uh <laughs> tropey scenes of dads doing girly stuff with their daughters i'm like that was the cutest thing i've ever seen in my entire life it fulfilled me it made me a better person and, and you're like it was trash and I'm like, <laughs> i didn't say okay, that no i know but i just like the dichotomy of like like i'm just like it was the best thing i've ever seen and you're like um no <laughs> it definitely presented nothing new in terms of you know a yeah. scene or a, a, but uh i think they just wanted to do like get it out of the way that he's a good dad yeah and he'll, he'll, yeah and he'll play games with his yeah with his i don't i definitely didn't think it was trash i just i just <laughs> no, i know i just <laughs> It's just exaggerating. Like, if you could have, like, when she was, like, waking him up and saying, like, you promised, you promised, and he's like, no, I want to nap more, and she's like, no, wake up, you got to do it. If somebody would have paused it and been like, for $5,000, what's coming next? And I'd be like, tea party. Hmm. He's probably wearing a tiara. That would be my guess. Not a frog costume, but I would guess some sort of costume. <laughs> I, yeah, see, and, I, did, uh, I didn't even. Yeah, yeah tutus. So, I, I'm just, like Mike said, it was nothing, like, new or groundbreaking. I didn't think it was trash, but it doesn't do anything for me, I, I guess. I just mean, like, in, like, generalized. It's just funny, like, the di- like you know, Philadelphia, like, that emotional operatic well, that scene. scene and I was, was like, trash. <laughs> see, and I was like, it was beautiful. It made me cry, and you were like, okay. <laughs> I'm so condescending. <laughs> I I don't know. Anyway, I, I it's it's it just cracks me up every time because it's like almost never expected. You know what I mean? Like when you say it, I'm like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> but I like it at the same time because it's not expected. I have a cold, cold heart. <laughs> I did really like when Amara got in a fight at school and they went to talk to the teacher and this is also tropey because like of course he's a boxer but I still really liked it when he said to the teacher 
what the other kid can't stand up for themselves <laughs> like, like like you didn't see anything wrong with the fact that she punched the student and that's also not super well, he, original but i liked it but he yeah he said like well the other kid's not gonna get in trouble and i agreed like why is it so she the little the other little girl started it by ripping up amara's art you know, and then Amara punched her in the face, which I, face, which I'm like, okay, maybe violence isn't the answer, but at the same time, I did, I kind of liked it too because I was like, yeah, she ripped up your art. Like that's what the girl should have done in happiest season. She should have punched everyone in her family in oh, the face, destroyed her painting, just walked away yeah. and never talked to them again, um, because they were all garbage people. Um, but. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I just I, thought it was funny that he, like, you can take the guy out of the boxing ring, but you can't take the boxer out of the guy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But it was, it was just for comedy, I think. It was funny. It was funny. Um, let's see. So, do you guys want to talk about the beginning, just, like, with uh, the early 2000s and everything, and Donnie sneaking out of his house and stuff like that? I had a weird experience with that, because okay. uh, it's a flashback, and... Um, the flashback was told in pieces throughout as the movie goes along. Which I thought was good. I like that. Well, the issue I had with that is that it that gave me time to think about what was going to happen in mm-hmm. front of that liquor store um, where uh, young Adonis attacked an older guy named Leon. And I was, in my head, it got way more escalated than what actually happened. I would have bet 75 or or $100 that... Uh, Damien was going to kill somebody because he That's had. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they they made a especially for how long he was in prison for. Yeah, well, they made a big point to say that he or to show that he had a, a firearm, right? Mm-hmm. And he brandished the firearm and still cut the the flashback off again. And I don't know what that served because all that did happen was Adonis ran away. Mm-hmm. He put his gun on the sidewalk and he was arrested. Damien. Yeah, yeah. It's like that was anticlimactic for what. The, the build and I thought it might have been a darker thing and maybe um, even help explain why Adonis never talked about this because it was a harrowing event. He witnessed a guy get shot and killed. Mm-hmm. Right, and right. It, none of that happened. It just kind of fizzled and the guy went away for 18 years but he did say that is a long time but he did say he had priors. I think he told okay. uh, Beyonce That's right. That's he right. had prior arrests and I think he had his time extended while he was inside for, I'm assuming, uh, poor behavior. Okay. I think he told Adonis that yeah, it got like, extended. By like two years or something. Yeah, because yeah, 20 years in prison for just brandishing a weapon, I don't, I think he would maybe, like, in my limited experience of true crime stuff, I don't think he would get that long. I think if it was... Um, like an unplanned first degree, you know, homicide, then yeah, you might spend 20 years in prison because you did kill someone. But I was like, wow, 20 years for just having a gun? I was like, I mean, you know, I I get you right about the priors, but um, it almost, if they wanted to kind of get into it, they could have maybe talked about it being like a racial thing, you know, because... That does happen, and people who are that would have been a heavy. I don't know if yeah. that serves the pro- I don't the think it does either. Yeah, but. yeah, that makes him seem more yeah. like a sympathetic character. Yeah, um, he could have. I mean, I guess I agree with Mike because I was thinking like he might, he must have killed a guy 
but yeah just brandishing a weapon i'd be like geez his whole life like you know like that's a long time in somebody's life to be locked away for just pointing a gun he could have they could have even had him like shoot the guy yeah and not kill him yeah and that that would have at least made like a little bit more sense because i was also thinking i mean he did say he had priors but he was also a juvenile wasn't he or was was he over 18 i think i don't know all we know is he's older than adonis yeah yeah i think adonis was like 14 yeah in that so he maybe was yeah he was maybe 18 but so we maybe don't know. it's different. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. I know like you can get tried as an adult too if you're even oh, if you're not. But okay. again, I think that's usually reserved for something more serious than yeah. yeah. I think it, if you're if you're tried as an adult, I think it's usually yeah. It's like something yeah. Not just having a weapon. It would be like unless it's someone. like an illegally gotten gun and there's all this. But they didn't go into uh, the details. Yeah, but, but yeah, who cares about that in this country? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm trying. I was kind of joking, but I'm I'm not really joking because it's kind of true. Uh, but yeah, so I. Um, what did you guys think about Marianne keeping like the letters away from Donnie? I thought that. It, I mean, to me, that whole thing made sense. Like Donnie has a friend. Well, I did think it was kind of funny that they were sneaking out. And in the beginning of the movie, you think, like, what are they up to? Are they running drugs? What are they doing? But they're just going to a boxing competition. <laughs> so I thought that that was a good, uh, like, a good swerve where you're like, okay. Because Adonis, you have, like, you always have to be on Adonis's side, I think. So you can't have him, like, working for the cartel before mm-hmm. he gets, you know, set straight. <laughs> so I liked that they were sneaking out of the house. But they were just going to a boxing match. And then they were going to this liquor store not even to get liquor to get like like cherry like cherry pie and stuff you know like and so uh so i liked that and then i think yeah like if your son who is violent because when she like picked him up from the group home the first you know and she first took him he was fighting and stuff he has a friend who brandished a weapon and is now locked up i kind of get it like trying to keep them keep them apart because that's not really you don't really want him to start going down that path and she obviously made a decision about damien's character i i don't mean the character damien i mean yeah the character of the character right and yeah. um in an effort to keep adonis on the right path she's removing that element from his life also I think it's necessary to have handled it that way for just for the movie to function well because it. Re- I mean, yeah, because then you see the picture. Well, not only that, but that too. Um, just the fact that you you want Adonis to not be the jerk who had the letters and ignored them yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's true. Like that was pushed on um, his adoptive mother. She made that right. decision, not him. And I thought it showed good character of Adonis too not throw her under the bus he never yeah oh that's true he never said like oh my mom kept them away from me or anything mm-hmm. like that he, right he didn't want to give that excuse and right it, um it it was made clear that adonis still was even without having those letters he was regretful about neglecting damien the whole time he was right. in prison i think they did a, a nice job of showing that like how he he said something pretty profound about how he tried to convince himself that he had forgotten about it or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, he just sort of internally buried it. and But it obviously was nagging at him. And it also helps explain Damien's frustration 
at oh big time being ignored yeah. for 18 years uh, I'm, by I who mean, was his best friend and watching his best friend take his boxing career basically yeah yeah. yeah yeah i mean i can i i think that damien is a very interesting and complex person because of just i can't imagine that devastation of being in the worst situation that you can think of you're in prison and now someone i'm assuming he probably doesn't have that great of a home life you know maybe he doesn't even talk to his parents or well, anything like yeah, that I mean, he was in a group home oh yeah that's right that's right um and so like the only person in the world that you know that you care about that you love is just like can't be bothered to do anything with you and, and like and, samantha yeah. said took literally became the boxing the heavyweight champion of the world which right. was damien's aspiration right after yeah and his he, dream and stuff yeah um so i think they did a nice the movie did a nice job of he's a good villain uh he is Damien, i agree because I agree. you he's definitely the the antagonist and a villain but you can see where he's coming from and that's you know that's always the key to that you can see their point of view that they're not just evil for the hell of it yeah i love i love a well-written three-dimensional um antagonist villain you know because i want to also empathize with the villain you know what i mean i may not like them but i want to empathize with them mm-hmm. um well he's a sympathetic villain for right sure. right yeah uh i didn't totally agree with marianne keeping the um the like letters away from him and the like i think it's a it's a complicated situation i understand why she did it and if i was a mom i may have done the same thing i also think that there's better ways to go about that than pretending that you know this interaction is never happening like maybe she could have taken him to the prison and been like this is what prison is like and if you head down the same road you will be here and that might make him go like okay all right got it prison's really fucking scary you know because i could see that being an effective lesson for a child who's 14 you know that if he's seeing something like that and he is witnessing it firsthand how terrible it is and how it may affect his friend that he might go i got i need to you know i need to clean up my act i can't i can't end up like damien you know um so yeah to i don't think you're wrong I don't think you're wrong, but to counter that is that I think there is a certain pride in going to prison in certain groups. Yeah. So I know uh, his friend and him were kind of they were kind of they were street smart. You know, they grew up in a group home, and and I think you know there's a certain sort of like they were like brothers basically, and so I can see her fear of him maybe going down that path just because just because of how his life had gone until she took him in so yeah i don't know yeah. like i think prison could scare people but prison also could have like a weird sort of like street cred to it maybe for some people yeah i don't i don't know if i ne- i i understand where you're coming from i don't know if i necessarily agree with that just because of where he was in his life you know he was in such an, a nice place and he had a very you know i mean he was growing up a very affluent neighborhood and stuff like that so bel-air yeah so I, is that really is so bel-air that's what damien said he said oh, your mom okay. still live in bel-air oh okay and creed <laughs> said yep very same house <laughs> right um so i i, I don't know i think I think the situation is just it's so 
difficult. And I think that as a mother, Marianne did what she thought was the best for her child. And you got I respect I respect her decision. I don't know if it's the one I would make, but I also completely and totally understand where she's coming from. Uh, but it was something that I was I was just kind of like bouncing around in my mind and I wanted to talk about it because I think it's just an it's an interesting part of the story, you know. When you raised that question, the first <clears throat> the first thing I thought of as an alternative was maybe wait until Adonis is like established on his own and then share them the letters with him when he's in an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, because if he was 14 at the time that Damien went away, that's a few years when he's still super impressionable. Right. A kid. And maybe you, maybe it's right to insulate him at that point. But I'll, I think, yeah, maybe you could have, what was she saving them for? You know, like, if yeah, not, that's what I thought was strange too. If you're never going to give them to him, even when he's 40 or whatever, then what are we yeah. doing? Except Unless, moving the plot along, you know. Except for the show, the picture. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. I liked how that played out because when the attack happened at the party, mm-hmm. I briefly thought, like, could he have something to do with that? But then I'm like, no, he doesn't seem sophisticated enough. Not in, like... I was, not, no, I like, was bouncing I just back and like, forth He seemed that too. so yeah. rough around the edges, and he seemed so kind of, like... It just There just didn't seem to be this, like, mastermind aspect. So I really like how it was revealed that the guy that attacked Drago was the same guy in the picture from his like the the group he was in in prison right but I also think it's possible that she just totally forgot about the letters and then when Creed came home and Bianca was like where were you all day and he said oh I was catching up with an old friend Dame from when I was a kid from the group home and Marianne's like Damien and so maybe and then Mm. she was getting the letters out after the attack happened so maybe she didn't even you know like she might have just like put them away and we don't when did he stop sending letters though we we have no idea he could have sent one a month prior that's true that's a good point we We don't we have no idea but there was a stack like a you know a foot there was a lot yeah yeah i kind of assumed he probably sent them for maybe like a year or two and then realized he was never going to get a response and so he stopped you know that makes sense because it was like it looked like maybe a dozen letters, you know? It didn't seem like a ton. It just seemed like maybe every month he was sending them or something, you know? So, um, but I just, I I really, I just can't imagine being Damien and being a kid. And I consider him a kid because rel- really before your brain He's fully matures, you know? <laughs> like, you're a kid, kind of. Um, and just having no one... And now this, the one person that you really care about just was like, nope, can't be bothered. I, I can imagine, I can understand why he came back to go after what Creed had. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I probably would do the same damn thing. I'd be like, you know what? I am angry and I want everything you have, <laughs> you know? So uh, you spend enough time in a horrible place eventually that's all you can focus on that's all you can think about that's all you can dream about and it's just frustrating and scary and you don't know what's going to happen in your future and you know so I, I think he was as far as he was definitely a lot better developed as far as like victor drago goes mm-hmm. you know and i thought it was cool that victor and and, and creed were just like buddies <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Guy almost killed you, but that's cool. <laughs> you know, I guess. I was excited <laughs> to see Victor appear in this movie. Like, Me too. Um, 
I, I didn't even think of it. Like, I didn't consider it. I didn't think uh, Conlon would be in it, but I, I was excited to see Victor back. Like, it just kind of made me happy that he's doing well mm-hmm. um, with how uh, Creed 2 ended. Um, it seemed like kind of a question mark, but uh, I thought that was that was cool to see, to bring him back. Yeah. It was good. It made it it made him seem less like a video game villain and yes. more like a real contender. And Rocky was setting up a title match for him between him and Felix. Mm-hmm. So there was like a real like real big match uh, on Adonis the line. Adonis was setting. Oh, up. sorry. Yes, Adonis was yeah, setting yeah, it up. Said, yeah, he said Rocky was setting it up, and I was like, wait, you guys didn't see Rocky? Was, he was, was he was in the movie. Scene. Yeah. What? <laughs> right after they talked about Homeward Bound, he was only in it for two seconds. I wrote in my notes, and I want to bring this up since we're talking about the letters. I wrote trope alert. As soon as Creed got uncharacteristically angry at his mom, I knew that she was gonna die, mm. and mm. I was angry at how predictable it was and so number one so they come he comes home and marianne is there this is before the letters this is when marianne is like braiding amara's hair and you learn that she's had a stroke but Mm -hmm. she's okay and they're worried about her so it immediately immediately i was like great so now we have to worry about dame and we have to worry about marianne she's definitely croaking in this movie i know she's gonna (laughs) die and that makes me like, angry it, because really? <laughs> we already have a villain. We don't need like, you know, like blood. Like, what's the word? Like, a stroke to be the villain. We right, already have right. a villain. Why can't she just live out her days? And you know, like, why? Why does nobody get to live to old age in a drama? You know, well, so it just seems so pointless. Well, too. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. And so she's like doesn't want to go move in with them because she's she's fine she's not gonna have another stroke and so on and so forth and i'm like she's having another one i know she is you're like excuse me you're gonna you're about to die and then so creed gets really mad at her and i i get it on one hand because creed is feeling very guilty because these these letters were here the whole time sure yeah and so now not only does damien think that he like not only does he feel like he abandoned Damien, Damien thinks he abandoned him and he could have this whole thing could have been averted. So he's angry at her, but then he's like he's just like really cruel to her for a movie, like for movie purposes. And I thought she was gonna be dead. He would never get another chance with her. So I thought it was a little bit it was like inching back to like okay that she had that weird heart to heart with him where she thought he was Apollo and she mm-hmm. talked very glowingly about how much she loved Adonis and how he saved her from the grief of losing Apollo and everything. So I thought okay he he got to hear how much she loved him but he never really got to say I'm sorry and that's so movieified and I hate when that happens and I hate that I knew it was going to happen as soon as he was mean to her and and I think like that's that it was like be a little bit more creative like just let her live like let her live her life in her like until she's like you know 100 years old or something who cares she doesn't need to die i think it was a catalyst for him finally talking to bianca and we'll get into that but i just i mean so many things could have happened they didn't need marianne to die i just well and like if the whole point of her dying was for him to come to like to to find out that she loves him so much it's like she couldn't have just said that to him you know what i mean she couldn't have just been like yeah I was, you know i like, was gonna say like that's the product uh, one productive thing that came out of her death scene but yeah. they could have done that 
without a death scene. Well, and she, yeah. yeah, we didn't need, like, she was, like, all of a sudden sound, sundowning for some reason, you know. She's, like, totally, perfectly, you know, neurotypically healthy until this moment that she has a stroke, which I know stroke messes with your mind, but you get what I'm saying. It's it's just, it was dumb. But she could have just been standing there in the kitchen with him and been like, listen, I love you, and you being part of my life made me forgive your father. Like, and that's it. And we could have had that really great, yeah. gorgeous heart to heart moment, but instead we had this stupid like. And then the next scene, they're all carrying her casket, yep. and everyone's yep. like, "Creed, are you okay?" And he's like, "No, my mom just died." <laughs> that happened. I yeah. Said, if you guys well, missed it, it's not mine. I I totally I totally agree, yeah. and I I think it's it's bad. It's lazy. I it feel is like lazy. it's lazy. It's Especially since, like, I, I get really stressed out in movies where the last thing someone says to somebody is something really mean and then they die. And that happens a lot. And I think it's so stupid. It stresses me out in real life to do that. To yeah. say something to someone and then, like, then, you know. I mean, I've never had that happen. <laughs> I was say, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. the Oh, my gosh. When of- I was a kid, when I was a kid, there was this movie, this cartoon that I watched at a friend's house. And there was this this mouse family they lived in this forest and a mouse family and the mom mouse was sending the kids off to school and she kept wanting to give her little kid a kiss the little mouse kid a kiss and he was like in a hurry and he couldn't couldn't be bothered to give her a kiss and then like something happened in the forest and like his family died like his parents died while he was at school and i kissed my mom (laughs) like every day before i went to school after that it terrified me oh no and so maybe that's why i hate this trope so much because it really affected me as a kid like i was very young i was probably first grade and uh it would it was terrifying like that you were a baby right you say you weren't a baby but you were a baby i was a kid you were a baby kid Anyway, so I just don't like it. I think it's a stupid trope, and I, I think that you could be more creative. Like you said, just, yeah, why, just apologize why? Well, there's to her. no reason for her to die. There was no reason that furthered the plot for her to die. Like, it mm-hmm. was like, I was like, she's a Maybe perfectly she's lovely person. Maybe she's just an person. expensive actress. <laughs> Felicia Rashad gets that money. Like, she's like, I'm Felicia Rashad. They're like, oh, damn, she's right. She is Felicia Rashad. We gotta give her more. Yeah, every like, scene every scene costs us money, yeah. and Creed's yeah. like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Well, guess what, guys? Because I'm about to guess kill her off, <laughs> and it's going to be really dumb. <laughs> yeah, I, I really didn't like that. I thought it was poorly done. It seemed so unnecessary and stupid. Like, there's no reason for her to die. If you're going to further the plot in a great way with her death, sure. But they didn't. So you know, no, I'm mm-hmm. not. I'm not into it. I liked how Bianca. Well. I didn't like how Creed was suddenly like super closed off to her because they seemed to have well I guess that's probably normal because it's a part of his life that he just didn't want to rehash well and he never even talked to her about it before either. and I thought that was weird like how has she never heard about the group home that's I where that Marianne got too. it from she's like yeah. how come you never talked to me about how you never told me about the group home and I was like how come you don't know about the group home wouldn't Marianne have said like I got him from a group home when he was I don't know what like 10 12 yeah like that would have been common knowledge i would think i I mean i would think i will i mean it seemed like it was very traumatizing obviously you know so i mean i'm not saying like i 
I understand maybe why he didn't go into details about it, but she didn't seem to know at all that yeah. he stayed in a group home. I did, I did think and that was kind of strange. someone didn't watch the first movie, I think, she needs to watch <laughs> his first movie so she can get his backstory a little bit. Yeah, girl. But, <laughs> go read so, that but DVD. I liked, I liked when she That's was like, Marianne was the, like the only thing, like the closest thing I had to a mother for a long time, and and I talked to her about a lot of things. And I think... They had a golden opportunity at that moment to say, like, Rocky is for you. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. maybe, I mean, they could have equated, like, Creed is like has, like, a constipated feeling situation, like, in a constipated emotional situation because he doesn't have his confidant, you know, like, to talk right. to. So I guess if they were going to bring Rocky in, that could have been a moment when they talked about him. Because I thought it was really sweet how Bianca was like, yeah, when I had to give up, performing and singing that was really hard for me and i and your mom helped me and i i had to find other things that i love to fill that that void in my life and and i all of that could have been accomplished without the mom dying but i, I agree think that yeah. that was an interesting turning point in creed like starting to open up maybe so i have a little real life story that kind of reminds me of that so when my my italian grandmother who's my mom's mom passed away uh, my she loved the song Stand By Me by Benny King and so my cousin Laurel was singing it and she was she was like you know looking out at the I don't know, audience is that what you call it? I don't know whatever it was at a funeral at the funeral at the funeral yeah and she saw my dad just like absolutely just sobbing sobbing crying this is not his mom so but he she was a lot nicer than his mom and so he was very very close to her and so can when when i watched it it kind of reminded me of that but she like couldn't continue singing because she watched she was just seeing my dad just like Aww. just so sad over the loss of um and she died at his birthday oh wow, that's <laughs> i know and so every every year on his birthday my mom just gets really sad and she cries and it's just it's like it's um but she was just a really great woman you know very mm-hmm. loved so it's yeah it's plus it's hard when you have like a person in your life that's such a different person from your actual mother you know because his mom mm-hmm. was very very just cold distant not very nice not very friendly that's the story i thought was very sweet with bianca missing marianne because i think that uh, my dad had a similar experience with um, you know my my mm-hmm. maternal grandmother and it was it was really hard, you know. It's it was very hard on all of us. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I still miss her all the time. It's been over fifteen years. It's been probably twenty years now, you know. So, it's yeah, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely hard. And uh, so, yeah. So I, I think to that end, they could have they could have drawn a parallel to Rocky. Yeah. Because like the parent child relationship is very strong. And they were sort of talking about that with Bianca and Marianne, so. Yeah, I, I just wish that they had mentioned Rocky more. You know, it's it's like similar to a TV show when someone dies and then they're never mentioned again. And I was like, this person had a huge impact on your life and you're just never going to bring them up again? Like, I always think that that's so weird. Like, it doesn't have to be a long, drawn-out thing. Just say, like, oh, hey, Rocky called. He just wants to say, hey, that's it. That's all I need. I just needed something, okay? I needed something, and they did not deliver. And it's like, it just you breaks my little Sylvester Stallone They could have done heart. at the end. They could have had Creed go to the uh, 
the graveyard and hold up the second <laughs> child and be like, Rocky, there's someone I want you to meet. No. But you think Rocky's in the ground, oh. but then the camera pans, Rocky's sitting on his chair reading the paper <laughs> to Adrian, you know? <laughs> I love those scenes. They could have just superimposed the scenes. Like, they didn't even have to have him come in. They could have just reused it. <laughs> Here we go. Um... <laughs> Yeah, he'd be like, "Hey, I still want to get paid for that." They'd be like, "Yeah, no." <laughs> maybe it's uh, maybe they had to pay twenty thousand dollars anytime they said the name Rocky. Yeah, you know what? Actually, that could very well be. He that created be- the character. Yeah, yeah, he did. That's what I yeah. mean. Yeah, didn't he win an Oscar for Rocky? Uh, or I think the an movie Oscar? won. It was Best Picture. Best Picture. Mm-hmm. I think. Okay. Yeah, the first one I, I did love the first one. So, but other than the first and the fourth, that's all I've seen. And the fourth was terrible. <laughs> okay, all right, let's keep going. All right, let's see what else. So I do want to talk a little bit more about the intensity with Dame. Mm-hmm. And um, I really, I, I liked when, I think, were you the one who brought it up, Mike, when you first meet Dame in their adult life and he's leaning on his car? Mm-hmm. and. It's just so the interaction is so stilted, and Big time. and then he's walking away, and as a viewer, you kind of feel like a sense of relief, like oh good, this is done. But then Creed invites him to lunch, and I thought it was really interesting when they were at lunch, and Creed like slid money over to him, and I was like, don't do that. Don't yeah, I I do felt that. that too. I was like, mm, this guy's not gonna take that well. <laughs> and you he know? took well, he took it way better than I thought he would. He's like, don't you know? I didn't come here for that. I have my own thing. I'm set up. Mm-hmm. And and I just I thought it was really uncomfortable when Creed was like, here's some money, man. I know you just got out of prison, and yeah, and and then when Dame came to the house, I thought something bad was gonna happen then. And it was just yeah, that was starting to make me nervous when he walked in. I was like, because mm, it was it was coming like to this. be about the time right. when the shoe was like, the other shoe was going to drop. Right. And and I think it was interesting that he kept trying to needle under Bianca's skin about like, me too. yeah, but don't you miss having to give that up? Yeah, but don't you miss having to give up singing? And then he got invited to the party, and he's like, don't you miss having to give up singing? And I just think he he's a really he was a really well done character. And he didn't swerve me, but he did at the same time with yes. like setting up the attack. And then also how, just how methodical he was in taking down Creed. It wasn't even an it wasn't an afterthought for him where he's like, I want a championship shot, but he's putting me in all these like little spars to help Felix. And and then he got mad. No, he was mad the whole time. The right. whole thing was his like master plan, and I think that that's really interesting because i was also afraid that he was going to start getting angry that creed was just like putting him in these little like practice matches right and so i I thought it was really well done to to find out that he had his finger on the pulse the whole time and he this was all like in his diabolical plan yeah i thought there was going to be at least one or two scenes where he would snap and be violent and that never happened which i liked because i think that that was um I think that they could have so easily fallen into that trope of like guy who's been to prison can't control his anger but it was never really like that it was always like this deliberate psychological warfare that you know Damien was I, I don't I, I don't know why I don't want to call him Dame I don't know it feels weird to me I like Damien better um, that Damien was you know slowly like you know working on towards like bianca and stuff like that where he was like what you said where he was saying like oh don't you miss that like and i 
I was catching on to that right away because I was like, oh, he's being so manipulative. It was really like eking. It was like giving me the heaves, you know, it was like eking me out. I didn't like it. I felt very uncomfortable. And and I, I was like, OK, I may have been on the fence about this guy before, but I do not trust him anymore. And I, you know, I was right. <laughs> so um, I also uh, I thought it was interesting that all the time he was sparring with Felix. So Duke saw what was going on and he didn't trust him. And I kind of thought it was a little bit strange that they went ahead with the match because Duke was like, he he's got he's angry at everyone. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He doesn't fight clean. And, and Creed's just not. like, that just means he's gonna be on or he's gonna be exciting or Put something. Put on a show. Put on a show. <laughs> yeah. And then in the match he kept doing like you know like illegal illegal things or whatever and the and i was like shouldn't somebody stop yeah, this match like, some, like felix could keep the title it's not felix that can't handle it it's the fact that this guy keeps breaking the rules and i yeah. thought that maybe it went too far it, with them showing that he was fighting so dirty and nobody did anything to stop it or i don't am i missing is that like does boxing sort of keep going unless it becomes egregious or I don't know. I what I told myself during the fight, Damien versus Felix, is that it was a sudden change of plans. They were going to have two professionals, but Drago couldn't fight, and now on short notice, they brought in like this wildcat who kind of took everybody off guard, including the officials at at the at the the match. Mm-hmm. That's as best as I could justify it. That um, at that level, you know the pinnacle of the sport it's almost like the you you want to count on the best fighters in the world to sort of govern themselves and you don't you probably they didn't get here by being a dangerous mess in the ring right but that's what was introduced when they let uh, when they pitched damien mm-hmm. when they gave him that chance oh uh, there's also there's i want to say um that this is something that i put like in my in my own life i guess uh but duke says to to apollo not apollo what the fuck (laughs) to donnie he says that when someone tells you who they are you should believe them Mm -hmm. yeah and i 100 percent agree with that because i've had experiences in my own life where people have told me exactly who they are i've ignored it and later guess what they are just like they said who they said they were you know um and i i really like that he said that because i think that's something that maybe a lot of not not a lot of people maybe put stock in you know but i always think that when someone says to you like hey i'm this way or i'm gonna behave this way that you go okay i'm gonna listen to you and i'm gonna make sure that i do whatever i can to you know self-preservation whatever so um let's see i I just want to mention that i think that it's probably the wisest advice that anyone could give and it's also the wisest thing that somebody could heed but the problem with it is usually in a situation like that emotions are also involved so heeding it is not even top five on the agenda right like in a romantic relationship for example you know like there could be red flags and somebody just ignores them because they... Oh, hey, that's what I was talking about. <laughs> well, they have, like, these emotional feelings for the other right. person. Yeah. In Creed's case, 
he has this guilt and shame at what he did, what he running away when mm-hmm. Dame got arrested. But also, before the guilt and shame, they they were like brothers. So there's like a bl- brotherly love between them. So he wants to help him. So I think that that it makes sense that that advice fell on deaf ears. And yeah. I think that somebody heeding that advice would have to be almost wise beyond their years to actually be like, you know what, you're right. He is telling me who he is, you know, or they yeah. are telling me who they are. So I, I think that that played out very smartly in the movie, and I thought it, it was well done. Well, I'm glad it was in there. I, I like Duke as a character, and mm-hmm. I too. like, I really like that he was the voice of reason because as a, as a viewer, him giving that advice to Adonis is like a release, a pressure release valve for me because I, you're, you're kind of yelling at Adonis internally to not trust this guy, and it's, oh, yeah. it's nice to have. Um, a likable character do the same in, mm-hmm. in your for you on your behalf to, yeah. to Adonis. So yeah, and I think that's sometimes essential in a film where someone's judgment is clouded by emotion or by the past, whatever. Um, that you need someone else is going. I know that you feel this way, but you should maybe listen to that instinct that's deep down inside that's telling you something ain't right. You know, um, mm-hmm. because I think either people just want to go like oh no you know i know him he's my friend well you don't though because now it's been 20 years and a lot of shit has happened and people do not remain the same especially after being in something as traumatizing as prison you know you you're gonna you're not gonna be the same person at all um and and i just i like that there was that aspect of of going like i i know i know how you're thinking but you need to just be more aware of what's up you know yeah. So. While we're talking about Damien, um, you guys talked a lot about how he sort of orchestrated the events that led him to a, a championship fight and how he was sort of manipulating Adonis and Bianca. Um, but after he defeated Felix, Damien is the champion. And Adonis, I, I don't think they showed us enough of Damien prodding at Adonis after he became champion because yeah, what, what we got was Adonis talking to Bianca and he said there's only one way to stop him and I, I thought to myself stop him from fucking what? Yep, like, what I wrote we, that in my notes what, are, what, what are we stopping him from doing? Yeah. he's They're talking about him being mean but I didn't see him being mean Like they, they I feel they missed an opportunity there to have him really become the heel a flagrant heel. Mm-hmm. I don't just mean the cheating. I mean, have him say some filthy things about Adonis and his family. Mm-hmm. And they, they talk about it like that happened, but why didn't we see it? So I think they, it, it's like a scene was missing or something. I don't know. No, I totally agree with you because I thought it was very extreme because number one, if he's fighting dirty, eventually that's going to catch up with him. And maybe they meant we've got to stop him before you hurt someone else. But I mean, at this point it's you know let the referees take care of it Mm. let the let the yeah you know because people know how he fights so how many maybe people won't even want to be in a fight with him or whatever but they're acting like he's going on a tear through the country like he's blowing up buildings (laughs) you know and like we've got to defeat this he's tired dirtying everything (laughs) and so and and i felt like it was a really 
it was a, it was used as a vehicle for us to see Bianca give him her blessing yep. to go, which and came I, super easy. Yeah, by the way, way too easy because yes, I just want that Felix. Me too. Like <laughs> Felix, like at that in that moment, we don't really know yet how like is Felix okay? Oh, yeah, and eventually you see him and he's fine. But at that in that moment, you're just like. You just watched him get his, like, ass handed to him. Yeah. And the match was so violent, you had to take your child out. But oh, now and- you're like, you've got to stop him And they, by they any took his necessary. lifeless body out in an ambulance. Yeah. Like, he yeah. wasn't just knocked out, like, <laughs> a concussed. He was motionless on, on the mat. Like, yeah. You- well, I mean, that, that whole, like, they, there was, like, a scene that has, like, is, like, like, living rent free in my mind you know what i'm gonna say the teeth the tooth scene oh yeah i actually like a whole ass fucking molar came out and he like spit it out and i was like that is a fucking whole ass tooth oh my god i I as soon as he as soon as the guy goes give me that mouthpiece i went and they like to not look so i didn't watch it it didn't bother me as much as i thought it would i was just more like Wow. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. That. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. That's got to be very painful. The sound design for that coming, getting pulled out <laughs> of his crazy. mouth in a Dolby Atmos <laughs> yeah. oh, no. is something to behold. Yeah. But I, I also looked away and I, it kind of frightened me because I thought, are they going to take this even further? Like in the final fight in the movie? Because that was during the felix fight that was during the felix fight yeah, yeah. That was during okay the felix fight, so yeah. that made me i was afraid that <laughs> is it gonna get even more disgusting but yeah it, thankfully it did not but yeah that was something it was pretty that gross was... and i did i thought it was interesting how they showed uh dame like assessing the weaknesses of his partner in the like the sit down times i don't know what they call those in a boxing match like between uh, the rounds it's just I between know. rounds i guess he was kind of looking and he was seeing where they were like tapping on felix like so he could see where he was in the most pain yeah. and i thought that was interesting because he's like calculating how he can best like murder this guy basically but i also was thinking to go back <laughs> best murder to go back to mike's point i was thinking about how they acted like Creed winning the championship from him would make him just stop boxing altogether instead of just make him keep boxing and then Creed has to fight him again in six months to get, you know, like... Right. So like, this guy is not going to quit boxing. you actually boxing. retire? You it's know not, what I mean? It's not like Creed winning is going to be like, that's it, everybody has to quit. We need, you know, like, boxing is over. Well, I think <laughs> in, a, in a very cinematic, movie movified way, they showed in the, the final scene with the two of them in the the Dodgers locker room, yeah, which was pretty cool. Just the whole Dodger Stadium thing, I thought was pretty awesome. But uh, in a very movie-fied way, they showed that Damien had finally been humbled. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so, yeah. He, Did you guys like that scene? I I felt it was kind of necessary to to tie things up at the end of the movie. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have any big problems with it. It was very movie-fied, I agree. I think that in real life, they probably would likely not even talk to each other, you know? But I can also understand he, is, he was his friend, you know? So I I was afraid that they were going to go so far as to create inviting him to the victory celebration. I was actually wondering if he was going to do that, too, yeah. I was glad that they did not do that. And that and at the end they kind of forgave each other and creed was like if you need help you know where to find me mm-hmm. but i do feel like it was movie like you said uh but i 
I also agree with Mike that it, it was necessary because I think them just never talking again. Like, right, I, right. in real life, it's like he paid someone to take down another man. Yeah. And, like, violently. A and huge he, man. <laughs> he, you know, threatened your family and stability, he threatened you, and he fought really dirty and you know like he's not a great guy to be around so in real life you'd be like yeah i'm keeping my distance now that i've won the title he'll never box again you know i I, so i think it was fine for the movie yeah yeah um dolph lundgren is six foot five so victor whoever plays victor i'm assuming is probably maybe like one or two inches shorter than him so either way he's an enormous guy also, Dolph Lundgren has, well, I told you this, has an IQ, a genius IQ. Yeah, he's got a legit education yeah, he's in very some, interesting guy. some STEM field. Oh, really? something yeah. else, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? That's really cool. Yeah, I mean, why not add an action star? Yeah. Hey, all sorts of, you know, as, as I posted that video of Brian May, who just got knighted, and I'm very proud of him. <laughs> My little fan heart's so That's very proud. That's the thing about people um, like Brian May and Dolph Lundgren and me, is that we just, we're renaissance men. Renaissance men, That's <laughs> and, you know, right. and, and Brian May went back to school, got his degree <laughs> in astrophysics, you know, yeah. I was like, it's He's, just so fucking That's why cool. his hair is so big, it's full of it's knowledge. <laughs> yep. It's full of secrets. <laughs> big hair, big brains. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, more on Damien, um, I think the movie did a really good job Stop. of giving him a a a visually unorthodox boxing style like even without uh, none of us are boxing experts but to me he had a very unique and dangerous look in the ring and he uh the the dirty fighting thing is part of it he um has this blocking technique where he puts both of his forearms up horizontally in front of him which i don't think is something you'd ever learn from a pro trainer Mm. uh and his he would take shots not at his opponent's head and ribs but like at their joints like at their shoulder yeah. and their elbow to, i guess i didn't like, really notice that down, which he is was like hitting his arm I, I guess i didn't really no i guess i didn't really pick up on that yeah he was yeah. like injuring the their punching arm the yeah like, right. taking their weapon it's, away it's from kind them, of smart, which is yeah again not but I, that's not normal boxing right is my point because right. well, he's not prison boxing well, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah like a boxing match uh, in dodger stadium isn't like fighting for your life it's it's a right. boxing match right. so he was fighting dirty like all around yeah right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. and what i think what duke said earlier when adonis was pitching the idea of the fight to felix to fight damien um duke was just like shaking his head no and he said that that guy's not a boxer he's a fighter and it's gonna it's going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. So and I he thought, was right. Yeah. I thought they depicted Damien in the ring well. He just didn't look like a normal boxer, and they did enough to make uh, an outsider like me take notice even. Yeah. So that's well done, I think. Um, and I think the casting for Damien was really interesting. And Lauren, way at the beginning, you said something about him being in an interview. Mm-hmm. And sort of revealing a softer side about a movie he had seen right um he was a big fan of (laughs) yeah Yeah. i saw i felt that coming through in his early performance when he's having lunch the first time with adonis he i thought he had some vulnerability yeah and almost like a sleepiness in his eyes and his face and 
Samantha earlier, you said that he didn't seem sophisticated enough to put a big plot together. And I felt similarly, like he seems, obviously he missed out on getting like any education. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought that kind of came through. I felt bad for him. Like he just seemed like kind of a sad character. And when he was talking about still, he still has the boxing dream. I'm like, oh geez, this guy's out of his fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, your prime was spent in prison Mm -hmm. this this is a like a stupid pipe dream and i but i felt sorry for him like i pitied him Mm -hmm. right um i pitied the fool to (laughs) to quote clover lang (laughs) yeah uh from rocky three but anyway i wait what was the character's name uh in rocky three the antagonist is clover lang clever 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 clubber 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 oh interesting um So just just to play out or to say off of what you said, I also noticed that um, you guys are like um, clubber. Name it. Uh, was losing her mind. I love it. I love. I love watching people like crack out their face gets all red. So it's great. Um, uh, so I did notice that Damien's like posture went from very like kind of hunched over and little to like um, towards the end, like especially. And I can one specific scene I would say is when he's like working out on the stairs, and Adonis is on that news that news channel. Yeah. And um and he's just so like he's like loud like Damien's like loud and like kind of boisterous and like angry and stuff like that. And I was like, what a difference between these you know the character that we first saw when he first gets out of prison where he's just kind of like, oh, okay, you know, whatever, versus he was now just wearing, like, you know. And, he was always wearing a denim yeah, jacket buttoned yeah. up to the neck and, mm-hmm. like, a knit cap yeah. over, on his head. Like he, It was almost like a hobo costume. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it, it all fit in. Like, the costume was really good. Um, his performance was good. And he, it's interesting seeing him revealed, um, in being boxing shape for the first time when you oh, we yeah, get to see like, how I was ripped like, the guy is. Whoa, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, he really I, did keep himself in shape in prison. He was not kidding when he said that. Yeah. He, uh, it's, it is unexpected. You almost, he, like, I, I didn't expect like flabby, but I definitely did not expect like, like, like ripped to shreds. One yeah. percent body fat type thing. Like he was. I mean, he. Yeah. It was just very like. Oh, all right. Okay. So this guy is ginormous, but he just doesn't really come across that way like he just seems kind of meek you know um so i thought that that was i I think i don't know if i've ever seen another movie that jonathan majors has been in i think he might be in quanta quantum the new ant-man movie quantamania Quantamania. is it called quantamania or something i think he's i think he's the villain in that too but i don't know um to bring it full circle, when after Adonis defeated uh, Damien, they show. I think Adonis tries to go over and do the the typical, the sportsman like thing and say like a hey, good match or whatever. And he, uh, that vulnerability had returned to Damien because he had just lost, and maybe he was a little bit hazy because of being knocked down or knocked out. But his face again looked vulnerable to me, and I, I, I really like that that balance. He kind of reminds me of like 
Forrest Whitaker if he were a badass. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Like, I don't know. Like, I've, <laughs> I've seen a, kind of a gentle face. You've seen the a, Last King of Scotland because that might change your mind. Uh, He's pretty brutal and ruthless no, in that. Um, no. It's, it's a good movie from what I remember, by the way. It's just, it's very, it's and it's it's an upsetting film. I mean, it's about a true, it's a real story about a guy who is like a very brutal leader in, um, I, it was somewhere in Africa, but he was like obsessed with Scotland. That's why it's called Last King of Scotland. It's with James McAvoy and Kerry Washington. And yeah, I've seen that first well, Whitaker, yeah. It's, it's well, very intense. I admittedly haven't seen his full catalog, but I when I see Forrest Whitaker, I see kind of like a kind face. Yeah. But if you put transplant that sort of kindness onto like a wrecking ball killing machine, then that's like yeah. Damien. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I see what you mean. Yeah. I, um, I really liked yeah. the cutscene. What I like it. It was like a like a time slip, but also an interesting juxtaposition when it showed them in like an empty arena, just sort of fighting themselves. Like they yeah. were in the zone. Yeah, like they were in the zone with just each other, and they kept flashing to images of their younger selves. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that that was pretty creative. I I really liked that. How about how the match was pretty weighty, like more than even the audience would ever Big know oh yeah and so i think that added to i think you're right that the actor is he's just really good at like the vulnerable tough vulnerable tough but i think in terms of like the whole picture i, I think it it added a level of creed when he was fighting him he couldn't just attack him with all his fury because he kept seeing his younger self you right. know and and for dame as well he couldn't just attack creed like he did with felix because he kept seeing flashes of his friend we right. know when they were kids and I, I thought that that was really interesting yeah I, and i like that it jumped ahead so we didn't have to watch like 11 rounds <laughs> you know yeah i liked i liked the fight scene with them at the end it seemed like they were both kind of holding back you know um but it was it's like what you said the audience has no idea the emotional um just consequences i guess or impact that this fight has for these two men you know it's it's like everything in their life has accumulated to this point and um yeah and and i i think michael b jordan did a great job directing this film actually for his debut i'm 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 like you know what dude yeah i'm a fan i mean i've been a fan for a while since creed but you know either way i i'm excited to see what else he's gonna do in his career i think it's a a good starting point for him to step into an established character one that he's really close with Mm -hmm. he's the main character of two films already and now it's like just passing the reins to him i think that's a good transition i would think yeah i hope but i think it was good too so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah oh Uh, well i'm just wondering maybe if like sylvester stallone was essentially kind of doing that like buddy it's yours now. You got Do this. with it. You got this. I believe in you. <laughs> and and Michael B. Jordan's like, thanks, man. Thanks, man. Yo. <laughs> that's what Bianca said when uh, he asked her to marry him. Of saying, yo. Yes, she said, yo. She slammed the door in his face. So when Sylvester yo. Stallone was like, I'm giving you the reins, Michael B. Jordan was like, yo. <laughs> yo. <laughs> but I accept it. There is something, there is something I want to talk about. Uh, and it's kind of off the beaten path, but um, it's something that I was afraid was going to happen, and okay. I want to 
and I don't know, I, I doubt we'll review any of the Rocky movies, so I have to talk about it now. So, something that I really hate about the Rocky movies is in Rocky Five, Rocky loses his fortune and has to move into that shitty apartment again. Oh, they basically hit reset and said, "Oh, let's put him back in Philadelphia with nothing." Mm-hmm. Like how Rocky started, mm. and I really hate that because it, it's suggestive of like that he didn't earn any success or like success for him is living in a crappy apartment with no financial security and. He spent all his money on a robot. I'm, no, he got, he had like a bad accountant or something, they, didn't he? They like, wrote it just, off really yeah, cheaply. it was really bad. It was really stupid. Oh, that's and, too bad. And they just wanted to put Rocky back in. Yep, they, they were doing like a redo or yes, whatever back yeah. on the streets, and they just and made something up to get him there. When we watched when we watched Rocky Five at the end of it, I said like he didn't have like everything that happened at the end, like nothing improved for him at the end of this movie. And I just, it was really pointless. And when I was watching this movie, Creed 3, I started worrying that, because they kept showing Creed's beautiful house, and they were out on that terrace looking over the city of Los Angeles, and it was just gorgeous. And he had achieved all of this. And I was really nervous that they were going to do the Rocky thing. And and because of Dame, he was going to lose everything, especially after Dame, like, took Felix out. And you're not sure what's going on with Felix. And Duke is like don't come to the gym anytime soon stay away from me i was like they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna do this to us they're gonna take it away from us they're you gonna take it this away was going to happen in creed 3 yeah like, that big of a like he was gonna a lifestyle change. he was gonna lose everything and maybe they would have some hope at the end i didn't think it was gonna be a hopeless ending but i did think because you know just because of rocky five i thought are they gonna do this to creed or they're gonna take away all his success and i was really glad that they didn't and i also really liked bianca gave him a pep talk sometime after after they had their initial talk she said like you earned this don't let him make you feel guilty about something you earned and that's the thing like yeah he did have a boxing a parallel boxing career to what dame wanted but he wasn't stealing anything he earned everything you know i mean he yes he got lucky that his dad is apollo creed so he could get trained by rocky but he was still the one that was in the ring for every match you know what i mean for sure yeah so i really liked that they kind of like for this is a really cheesy term but they sort of like put a crown on his head whereas for rocky for whatever reason they took everything away from him and i think he has a rocky has a happy ending so it's not like boo-hoo but i still think it's weird that they did that to him and it always bothers me that they did that to him but there's a lot of themes in rocky that you can call back to when you're making new creed movies they're not going to go to Rocky Five, <laughs> yeah. to, to do that. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I that never, was I never bad. worried about that. Um, gosh, maybe Creed Four though, because <laughs> Rock. Here's the yeah, thing: geez. Rocky Five. It wasn't like a plot point in the middle that where Rocky lost his fortune. The movie basically starts with him back in Philadelphia, penniless. Yep. And they do some blips to explain it. Um, so that's why I didn't even consider that happening here because I think that'd be too big of a, a swing to do in the middle of a movie. But who knows? They who well, knows what they might do next? Well, I, and I, also, I hope not, though. That'd be that would borrowing be a bad thing. It would be really bad. Well, and also Bianca would have to lose her entire fortune too. That's true too. Yeah. And I also yeah. I did want to say because we didn't mention it, I did like that they had her. Um, 
since she really couldn't like sing the music anymore because of her you know her her hearing that they made her a producer and mm-hmm. so she was still very successful she was getting gold records yeah. for producing yeah and then there's yeah. that woman writing songs yeah yeah and there's that yeah. woman singing her song that would like like I just I couldn't help but notice she had these like beautiful tattoos. I almost like yeah. listen. I thought you were gonna say I'm getting goosebumps talking about. Oh, I'm actually that so much. I have goosebumps. What you what? <laughs> you say that so much. And I you know. Were, like, gesturing I to your arm. I, I have and goosebumps I was like, right this now. Scene, that scene gave her goosebumps. <laughs> no, that scene didn't give me goosebumps. I've been getting them all night. I don't know if it's just the movie or just I don't know. But um, but no, that scene um. Damien says something like, how does it feel about, like, someone else singing your yeah. music? And she's like, eh, it's okay. Like, you can kind of, you know, I think she's trying to make a positive spin on it, but I would imagine it would kind of hurt, you know? Because it's like, that could be me, but I can't because life has handed me, you know, a, a shitty gift, which is the gift of not being able to hear, I guess, which isn't really a gift. Anyway, whatever. So, not whatever, but you get what I'm saying. Um so I think that is uh, it's nice that they had her have a career that a very lucrative career and she's a very successful person and everything like that and also their relationship was just really cute like that scene where he went down there and was like you know making out with her and stuff like that I was like they're adorable and I like this so um, like when he said yeah. something like he lifted his shirt up and he's like you seeing all this <laughs> yeah. he's trying to seduce like her it, yeah. but in kind of a, a comical he's like, way he's like I'm keeping it tight or something <laughs> like that yeah I think she said he was getting soft in his retirement and he was like that's just an excuse to see my abs or something yeah <laughs> No, no, no. He had a stain on his shirt from ice cream. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she said, right. you gotta take that off, put it in the wash. And then he turned That's it on. Right. He's like, you just want to see my abs. He's a really, like, messy eater, because that was a pretty big ice cream. It was also, like, on his shoulder. It wasn't, like, near yeah. his chest or anything. They I was must like, have had a food fight. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I, I read something sometime, like, a long time ago, and it was about this, this girl was talking about how she always found crumbs on her shoulder, and she couldn't figure out why she would find crumbs on her shoulder. Well, it turns out she was holding her snack and she was always holding it like right over her shoulder just like relaxing and so she's I'll like do it oh those are, those are the crumbs come from and it's called snacker's shoulder <laughs> condition shoulder. <laughs> yes. yes yeah but his is like what was he just like holding it like right yeah, in his, and then he he's like oh, an ice cream cone right. on his sh- shirt yeah. forgot i had <laughs> ice cream cone in my can so uh, would you guys recommend the movie mike yeah i would um, I think I'm with Lauren. At the opening, you said you ranked them Creed, Creed three, Creed two. I'm yep. in agreement on that. And yeah, it's good. It's an improvement. For uh, sure, I agree. Good debut for Michael B. Jordan, mm-hmm. and a villain who's a character. That's a big step up from Creed two. But I still get to see Victor, which was really fun for me. That was fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, that was I recommend cool. It. Yeah. Yes, I as well recommend it. It's pretty fun. Uh, it's, yeah, basically, I agree. Creed 1 is the best. Mm-hmm, Creed definitely. 3, Creed 2. I think, based on comments made last week, I still would recommend watching Creed 1, Creed 2, and Creed 3, just so you can get the whole picture. But it's definitely, uh, they did a good job. They they definitely improved and made it a better movie than Creed 2. And it's uh, it's definitely worth a watch. Go mm-hmm. see it in the theater. Yeah. And, yeah, how about you? Uh, I, just to say, I, Creed 2 is not a horrible movie by any, it's it's certainly not Rocky 4, <laughs> but... But what is? 
Well, that that's um, Rocky Four strength. But yes, I. I <laughs> whereas I said I wouldn't really. I wouldn't. I just hit the mic. I wouldn't really. Um, recommend the second one i would recommend the third one i think it was it was enjoyable i liked it i had a good time you know um went by myself 12 15 i don't think i've ever went to a movie theater that early which isn't really early but it's early for me because i'm just a late night person so uh it was fun yeah i liked it i definitely enjoyed it and i think jonathan majors is um he's a good person to watch to see how his career is going to go because i think that he has the potential to really to get out there and make it big. I think that he is a talented actor. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I would be interested if Creed 4 was set like 20 years in the future and it was about Amara, honestly. That would be cool. Yeah. I wouldn't be against something like that as long as it was done well. Yeah. And she maintained her uh, femininity. Like, mm-hmm. if she was more like a Wonder Woman character. Not a superhero, but just like a woman boxer and not like a woman right. in hollywood who does tough things and can't be a woman you know so. yeah there, there's a yeah. there's kind of a a thing with um women i think in hollywood and how they're written and that they're always written in like specific roles and they can't possibly leech outside of those roles or be like if they're tough they can't be emotional or whatever you know mm-hmm. it's like um and then like, i want sorry go ahead then, well no because i've been rewatching Frasier and and um and Roz gets pregnant and i always was kind of thought that she was kind of like child free you know and i think to me it seemed like lazy writing in that they were trying to make her settle down but instead of her like getting a hobby or something they gave her a child and i think that i see stuff like that a lot in in movies where it's just like women can be more than mothers (laughs) you know what i mean like come on and it's it's for someone who's child free it's pretty insulting to be honest with you so anyway that's just my own little i think that um what could happen in that movie i'm writing the plot is that amara wins the title hell yeah and then creed comes out of retirement and fights her (laughs) (laughs) she's like dad come on what are you doing and he's like and takes yeah and it's called creed four battle for creed because they're both creed battle for the alpha creed yeah anyway (laughs) Yeah, and Mike, yeah. thank you so much for being yes, on. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me back. It was fun to do the trilogy with yes. you guys. Yes, yes. And uh, it's fun to do a brand new movie that we got to go see in theaters. That's yes, the first I've done. Time. The first new movie I've seen with uh, to review with you guys. So yeah. that, that was exciting, and it was neat to not hear to go and not knowing anything about Samantha's opinion, which yes. uh, hadn't happened yet for this. So yeah, yeah, there really you go. Fun. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking that about you as well. Like, I have no idea what you think of the movie. And he wouldn't even talk Every about his week for me, theater so. going experience. Yeah. It's pretty thrilling, I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah. It keeps me going every week. I go, what do you think about the movie? I don't know. <laughs> Actually, there know. are some movies There are some movies where I'm like, eh, whatever. But then there's some where I'm like, I have to know what she thought, and I'm dying, and I need to know. So, yeah. But it's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. people gotta know but yeah it's always yeah. fun to have you on yes and i'm glad you got to do all three movies as well yes me too, me too. thank that you very much thank all you. right so you guys can follow us on instagram at watchers and movies or facebook at watchers and movies if you have a recommendation you can do a couple of things you can either dm us on social media you can also email us at watchers and movies at gmail.com 
And you can also visit our website. That's watchersofmovies.weebly.com. And thank you so much to Mike for our theme music. Yeah, you can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42 His name is Mike Myers. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Mike. And that's it. Bye-bye. Bye.